0: What's going on, everybody? Zach here with the Zach Shanky Podcast. Hope you guys are all doing wonderfully well. I've um, <clears throat> been thinking a lot about um, some uh, words, um, language patterns, and word tracks that I, I've i been seeing. And, and I've... Um, Alright, so I'll tell you where this all started, actually, because... I think the context is important. Please know (laughs) I'm not like trying to shame anybody. I'll try to leave names out. I'm not trying to like degrade anyone or say that I'm better than anybody. It's not the case. None of that is true. It's a pattern that I've noticed and I have been working on a way to address it. And I think I found a way and I want to share that way with you guys because I think. It kind of pertains, in general, to success, like, as a whole. So, um, we have a team, obviously. So, if you don't know, I run, uh, I help to run uh, a company called Prosperity Movement. And I'm one of the co-founders. And, uh, essentially, the Prosperity Movement is a movement with the intention of building legacy, helping people build legacy. And what what most people don't understand is that in order to build legacy, your focus should not be just legacy. (laughs) Your focus should actually be with how you spend your time, how healthy are you, uh, what kind of relationships do you have, how healthy are those relationships. And then you go into wealth building strategies for legacy, right? So like that's kind of the ultimate mission of the movement we do so through a variety of vehicles, uh, wealth, money-making type vehicles. And we teach people how to do that. It's great. I love it. I love the impact that we're providing. I love the results people are having, um, including myself, right? We use the system ourselves. It works great. We love it to death. Okay, so... Um, So, <laughs> so uh, we have a team in order to um, sell our packages for access to these these vehicles and things like that. We have a team that helps to sell that. And so, um, throughout the years, um, we've had some. We've had to hone in some things. We've had to hone in our full marketing strategy, which includes kind of a front end ad. It includes some engagement um, strategies uh, for social media. It also includes heavy, 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 heavy follow-up because follow the the fortunes in the follow-up is a saying in the marketing world, and it is the most true saying of all the marketing sayings. Like it is so absolutely true, fortunes in the follow-up. So we have we we built out a very robust over the years follow-up system that is next level hey i mean it i'm i'm just so honored with the team that i've had that they these guys they help me brainstorm and we come up with ideas together and we test the ideas and assuming it works we roll with it you know and over you do that over and over again with different ideas and before you know it you have this outstanding system that just goes we also have been developing um, our fulfillment system, mostly with what we call phase one, it's a certain style of trading in the markets. And we've honed that in and worked on that and worked hard on it and we got our team and we hired a coach and we we got this whole thing like sorted to the point where it is a pretty good well-oiled machine. Now it's, it's not perfect yet, right? Nothing's perfect, but it's not bad. It's actually very effective. Um, so then we went back in 2023 to focus more on growth. And the only system that we didn't have outsourced was our sales system. And holy smokes, did we need help with that. Not that our sales were bad. Our, our sales system was great, except it was not scalable. What I mean by that. Is that it was not duplicatable we could not hire someone else outside of me Brian and Travis the founders we could not hire someone else to actually do the exact same thing we were doing because they weren't us we built a system that was effective but it was only effective if we were the ones doing it so now we were in this, like, spot of, like, oh, my gosh. And we didn't even realize it until we spent a ton of money on a, on a full sales team. And uh, only to watch that crash and burn over the course of, like, a month and a half. And it's not that they're, they, they don't know how to sell. They obviously know how to sell. It's, like, their, their only focus in life. <laughs> in life, I shouldn't say that. Their only focus in their careers is to sell. So they, they know how to sell. And we actually vetted their selling process before... Hiring them, the reality is our system was built for us, not for anyone else. And so for someone else to get plugged into that, it was just not working. Um, It was just not possible. So we're like, crap, we got to rebuild essentially our whole sales system from the ground up. And we did. So then we spent another gobs of money... (laughs) (laughs) on guess what, a course and mentorship on how to do things, right, we know the fastest way for you to learn a skill set is to find someone that's done it already, specifically if you can find someone that's done it a few times, that'd be even better you find someone that's done it already and then you just hire them to show you how to do it, so that's what we did and so we hired this company and uh, I'll tell you what they really helped us out, so so what happened, this was in September last year. Um, Travis and I, Brian was having some health issues. And so he wasn't helping us with this transition at the time. So it was just Travis and I doing this transition to a new sales structure. And basically what we did is it, I did one part of the structure and Travis did the other part. And we killed it. Guys, September was the best month we ever had. the, in the Out of the whole year, it was the best month. So we're like, oh my gosh, problem solved. Like it was kind of rough to like figure it out and build it out. So now we just have to hire people to do the same thing. So we did. We hired two people and uh, they started doing some great things. So then we we moved one of those two people on to the other side. So basically we, we had two people. One was essentially doing what I was doing and the other one was essentially doing what Travis was doing but me and Travis were still involved in doing it as well and then we hired a second one for my side so that I didn't have to do any of it <laughs> i do i do a lot guys basically what i do is i do functions in the business in order to help build the process because i know that one of my one of the things i'm really good at is communication if you have not gotten that yet and so man i haven't even gotten to the lesson yet anyway but because i'm a good communicator What I do is I'll go in and actually do a process, like get my hands dirty and do the thing, right? So that I can know what it's like. And then I can communicate properly for training other people, for figuring out what the problems are, so that my team can help me find solutions. Like that's just part of my role as an integrator in the company. So anyway, so I was. Then that's exactly what we did with this with this new sales process. Okay, so eventually, October halfway through October comes around and things start falling apart. Things don't work out very well. November things are even worse. Thanksgiving hits and we're in like the holiday area, and it's even worse. And we ended up finding a number of problems. It wasn't it wasn't the the sales people, right? It wasn't our it's basically a two-step process there's a setter and there's a closer it was not them it was not their skill level um i mean it was a part of it we had to we had to kind of revamp the training better and help them out and we did that at the beginning of december and it worked out great okay it's just um that was definitely not the only factor there was a new offer in the ad that we didn't realize was bombing it was doing really really badly Is attracting the wrong people completely. Um, And then in Thanksgiving, Facebook messed up bad. And they're, anyway, basically our ads like died, straight up died for three weeks while we were trying to figure out how to bring it back to life. And guys, I've done Facebook marketing for six years. Um, Very effectively, I might add. I know what I'm doing with that. And there were there were things happening I have never seen before, and we have a marketing team uh, who's been doing Facebook marketing for ten years, and uh, he had never seen that before either. So it was a very new problem, and guess what? We figured it out, and we now know what to do next time. <clears throat> next time that's ha- that happens, because technically this is the second time that's happened. It just it just showed itself in a very different way this time. Anyway, whatever. My point is, is we had a struggle for the last last quarter of the year in 2023. Because I'm not even going to get into the text message fiasco stuff that we had to deal with. But there was basically um, what felt like the world against us. And we still pulled out, you know, relatively strong for the last quarter uh, to tie up the year as a company. However, because of those challenges, there's a new pattern that emerged from our sales team. This is both on the setter and the closer side. So again, this is not throwing anyone under the bus or saying that they suck or anything like that. Like this is literally just a pattern I've noticed, and I think everyone goes through this pattern. When when hard times hit, it adjusts. It like it shifts your belief system. You know? And so instead of... Instead of your belief being optimistic... um, Your belief becomes guarded. Right? And so it's like... It's like... um, It's it's mostly like... It's a self-preservation mechanism of your brain... Where you don't want to be disappointed again. Right? And so... To avoid being disappointed... You lower your expectations so that no matter what, you can quote-unquote be grateful, right? And and I think that's really natural. And I don't even think that that's necessarily wrong. I just don't think that's the most effective way to accomplish what you're looking to accomplish in terms of goals. It's just not the most effective way. Um, <clears throat> what you're actually doing is you're actually planning to fail, or you're planning for a, a bad scenario. And and by planning, I mean planning ahead of time. If you want to plan for a bad scenario, you know what you should do? Plan for how to pivot. So, for example, for me, worst case scenario in my life right now, worst case scenario, binary options trading gets banned from from everywhere and is no longer a, a viable a viable trading strategy or trading style. And then my business completely falls apart. Facebook goes out of business because the government shuts it down because let's face it they they intrude on people's privacy quite a bit. Okay, this is just the reality of it. I mean it benefits me as a marketer. It's still probably not okay. <laughs> so um, they shut down. So now my primary means of marketing is gone, which causes the business to completely go under, and it is no longer a business period, and um, basically, I lose all sources of income that I have going for myself. Let's just say that. Worst case scenario. That's the worst case scenario. What's my plan? My plan is so much less to do with exactly what I'm going to do step by step, and it is so much more to do with how do I pivot in such a situation. Well, I'll tell you what, I've got two options immediately. I know how much my money that I currently have will last me, which gives me a period of time to make something else work. Now, I'm going to cut that time in half. Let's just say it's three months, okay? I've got three months to make something else work. I would say I have a month and a half to make an entrepreneur venture work. And I would probably make that happen somehow, okay? But worst case scenario, again... Month and a half later, I don't have anything going. I would get a job, and then while I have a job, I would start working on some side hustles to get back on my feet entrepreneurially. Okay, um, that's that's kind of a plan. I'm not planning on failing, but I have a plan to pivot in a worst case scenario type environment. Okay, I've had other situations too where there have been there have been some months throughout the year. Uh, throughout the years where the founders don't get paid right we have to we have to pay our people before we get paid it's just the reality of being a business owner there's pros and there's cons on really good months we get paid significantly more than our employees right on our not so good months sometimes we get paid nothing this is just the reality of business and um, and so on those on those months there have been times where I'm like I'm kind of I'm kind of struggling a little bit, like, and I've never had to do this, but I have had the thought where, like, maybe on the weekend, I'll drive Uber, you know, just until we get things back going, and I've never had to do that, thankfully, right, I'm super grateful, but that is a pivot that I was willing to make, right, and, and I think this is something that um, everyone should be willing to do. That's not planning to fail. Now, on the flip side, the ineffective way to plan for challenges is to basically (laughs) expect the challenge (laughs) so essentially what some people do and myself included i've done this so many times um essentially what you do is you you have a plan b plan c situation where you say like hey i'm gonna trade let's just say for example because this is what i think some people do with trading So they say, like, yeah, you know what? I'm going to trade uh, for 90 days. And then, you know, if I don't make X amount of dollars within 90 days, then my plan B is... uh, Oh, excuse me. I'm going to quit and then work on my other venture, which is, let's say, affiliate marketing. And then I'll, I'll test out affiliate marketing for 90 days. And then if that doesn't work out, I'm going to quit that. And then I'm going to move into in MLM and I'm going to I'm going to start showing people CBD oil or something crappy like that. Okay. Like, okay, listen. Guys. <laughs> <laughs> so much so much with that kind of thought process. Number 1, don't condition your success by putting a time frame like 90 days down. And and you should do time frames. There's an effective way to use deadlines and time frames. But by putting a time frame on your on your capable opportunity success of success You are shooting yourself in the foot Oh my gosh So let me tell you something When I started doing affiliate marketing It took me 90 days before I felt confident enough to quit my job I didn't make a lot of money I had only made about 500 bucks online And I decided to quit my job Was that smart? Probably not but it took me 90 days to get to the point where I had confidence in my ability after everything that I had learned. And guess what? Totally benefited me. I was making a full-time income from then on from my marketing. And uh, and then I'm like, hey, you know what? I don't really like this company I'm marketing for. I'd like to do my own thing. And so I did. And I started marketing coaching and eventually started. My point here is that it took a lot longer than 90 days for me to have a considerable income, like a six-figure income. I was, I was not profitable six figures on my affiliate marketing. I was making six figures revenue, but you know, you're if you're an affiliate marketer, you got to put money into ads. So minus the money in the ads, I was just shy of six figures uh, when I was doing my affiliate marketing stuff. So by, by putting a time frame... What if... I'm, here's the thought. What if you set a 90-day time frame on something like trading? You don't hit your goal in 90 days. However, if you were to keep going, you would have hit it in 120 days. One more month. Right? Like, you have to keep that in mind. The opportunity is there. And if other people are, are achieving their goals with that opportunity... There's zero reason for you not to achieve it. And what you should do, instead of quitting and moving on to a different shiny object, what happens if you just stick with it, focus, and get help and support to, to fix whatever's not working? Right? Crazy. Crazy concept. So don't make a plan B, plan C type thing. Maybe make a general plan of how to pivot in case things don't go well. That's not dumb, that's that's pretty wise and responsible, however if you have like a serious detailed plan B and a detailed plan C, what you're doing is you're literally planning for yourself to not do well to not succeed and when you do that ta-da, you don't do well and you don't succeed because you're planning for it so there, there's this thing so anyway, back to my sales team because of the other challenges that had nothing to do with them, sales were down by a lot for the last quarter of 2023. And, and so what happens is their belief system surrounding their own capabilities started to shift. And all of a sudden, I started noticing that they were like, they had like their own little goals for these calls. So, like, for example, the setters, their job is to pre-qualify people, and if they are pre-qualified, then they can move them on to the next step, which is a phone call with the closers, or a Zoom call. However, instead of that being the goal, because things were kind of rough, they their belief changed to, I need to get this guy on with the closers. Instead of pre-qualifying them, because there wasn't a lot of calls, they felt that every single person was pre-qualified and their whole goal was to get them, convince them to get on the next call. That's That's not an effective way of sales. You should not be convincing anybody of anything. Essentially, a proper sales is using very clear communicative word tracks so that people have a full understanding and that they feel understood in the process. Assuming that, you give them the choices, let them choose. That's literally it. The moment that you start trying to take away their choice, that's the moment that you lose people. In most scenarios, okay. So in in, for the setters, if their whole goal was to convince people to get on the next call, it was not effective, and then the sale would be worse because instead of that person trying to like convince us that they want that they should be a part of our community, all of a sudden we're convincing them and chasing them and asking them and that's not the way it should be it should be look here's what we got what do you want to do right now you know what we got it solves the problems that you're having it gives you everything that you are have been looking for for your for years now what do you want to do with that that's sales right so anyway so I started noticing a belief system there on the setter side where they were changing kind of their objective instead of pre-qualifying and seeing if if the person's a good fit for our community they started just trying to convince them to get on the next call and the closers it was no different it was just a different style of belief instead of the closers saying hey um you should pay today like now you know that that used to be what we would do all of a sudden it it's it turned into that to hey you know what we'll give you a week and then it turned into like hey you know what um I'll send you these documents to sign and you have three days to sign the stinking documents. We used to have them sign on the call, right? And all of a sudden the belief, because we didn't want to push, because things were scarce, the belief system from the people doing the calls was shifting because they didn't want to to push someone away. But the reality is, if somebody really wants what we have to offer, you're not gonna push them away by giving them their next steps. Even if you're asking them to take the next steps now. You know, if they want it, tell them, "Hey, great. Sign these documents. Let's go over it together if you have questions. Let me know." Boom, document signed. Great. I'll send you an invoice as soon as that's paid, you'll have full access to everything with unlimited support. Okay? And then they and then if they say, "Hey, you know what? I need a couple of days." Great. We can work with them on that, right? But it was starting out, it was like, hey, look, I'm gonna send you these documents. You know, you got like three days to sign it to lock in the price and stuff. And then let me know how you wanna finance, (laughs) let me know how you wanna pay for the the program. You know, like it, it started turning into that. And it wasn't that bad, okay, I'm exaggerating, totally exaggerating, our team did not do that exactly. But that's kind of the level of belief that I was seeing come through their calls and it was definitely having an even more negative effect on the sales. And so that whole scenario, this is the whole point of the podcast here today. I just had to tell you the scenario where it came from. That whole scenario got me thinking on how to, how to um, course correct or prevent the shift in belief based on previous failures right like so if you if you have a struggling time you're having challenges how do you not let that affect your belief system surrounding the opportunity in front of you right so for example traders if they have some losses in trading how do they make it how do how do they move on and continue to believe in the opportunity of trading it's tough it's not easy. I want to say that my favorite way to look at this is to look at it from a standpoint of using the word expect. I just want to use the word expect a lot more. I want to get rid of, get rid of the word hope. Get rid of it. I'm, I'm curious what would happen if we just got rid of the word hope and we used the word expect instead. Now, for those of you that are wondering, I'm not a fan of the word hope, um, <laughs> which is interesting because um, hope is a very powerful feeling and it's actually a very powerful tool that you can use in hard times, right? You think about like the Great Depression and, and stuff, like people that lost hope often lost their lives, right? You know, so, so I'm, not, I'm not downgrading hope in certain life and death type scenarios, But for the most part, even in life and death scenarios, I'd be curious to know what would happen if hope wasn't the thing, and instead it was replaced by faith. Which, by the way, is not the same thing. Hope and faith are very different. Faith has a level of expectation to it. It's like it's like it's a level of look. I'm expecting this to happen. I'm not hoping. Hoping, hoping to me, it just, it sounds like a cop-out to do nothing. It's like, um, well, I hope one day I'll be a millionaire. And like, that's what, that's what broke people say that don't take any action towards becoming a millionaire. You know how much work it takes to become a millionaire? I'm not saying time work. I'm saying self-effectiveness work. You know how much you have to study and, like, grow as a person and self-reflect and acknowledge your weaknesses and overcome said weaknesses and apologize to people because you've done them wrong? Like, there's so much involved with becoming not just a millionaire, but a billionaire and stuff like that. Like, there's so much more involved. Oh, my gosh. Not to mention the resilience that you have to have moving through those different financial stages. It's insane. It's insane good, it's worth it, but it, it's crazy so anyway, hope is not wonderful in my opinion, I'd be curious to know what would happen if you replace the word hope with the word expect, I expect to become a millionaire well now, doesn't that shift doesn't that just shift the energy oh, I hope one day to become a millionaire, versus I expect to become a millionaire soon Use the word "soon" by the way for deadlines. It's magical. So, do you do you see the shift in energy? Isn't it? Doesn't it go from like something far off? It it's almost like hope is just a wish. I I wish one day I found a magic genie that could eventually have the power to make me a millionaire. Right? It just that's what it sounds like to me. It sounds like a wish. It sounds weak, um, but expect, Oh, that's powerful. Not only is that powerful, um, but it's, it's like empowering. Um, the reason that people don't do that and the reason people use the word hope the way that, that I've been describing is because it opens the door for failure to the point where like you can be okay with failure because then you're not disappointed in your own results let me tell you something it is 100% okay to be disappointed in your own results you can be disappointed I give you 5 seconds to be disappointed and then you move on what's your next step what's your pivot that's it you get 5 seconds give yourself 5 seconds if you set a goal, let's just use trading as an example again. Look, I got a goal. I want to reach. I want my trading account to hit ten thousand dollars in four months, starting at five hundred bucks. Let's just say, as a, a quick example, okay. Four months later, you're at uh, five thousand dollars. You're at, you're halfway there. You've got five seconds to be disappointed in that. And now you're making moves and action plans on what you're going to do for the other 5,000. That's what you do. You get five seconds to be disappointed and then you move on to action. Because the reality is disappointment, you're sitting in your brain in kind of the emotional spot. I don't remember what it's called. It's in the back of the brain. And what you need to do is get back to the frontal lobe, which is your logic center. That's how you take action. So let's get rid of the word hope, let's use the word expect, and if things don't go as according to our expectation, we get five seconds of disappointment before we continue to move on and expect something new. That's how you do it. Oh my gosh, you guys, if you did that every single time with all of your goals, it would be insane the the amount, the amount progress that you would achieve. So on our sales calls, we no longer are doing the bad things that I was describing and exaggerating. (laughs) Now, we expect someone that gets on a call, uh, the setters, they are expecting this person to want what we have. That's their expectation. And it's just their job to pre-qualify them. Um, Sorry, there's this slow poke in my way, and I can't stand that. If you're in the left lane, someone's behind you, move. Right? And especially if that's someone, me, and flash their lights at you, uh, you're definitely in the wrong lane, okay? Because I don't do that I don't do that often, but when you're this slow, this guy's going five under the speed limit. In the left lane. Okay, he's about to pass a semi, and he slowed down so as not to pass the semi. I swear to goodness. Okay, patience. I have patience. Everything's cool. So, um... I flashed him again. I'm so mean, guys. I'm not really mean. I don't even road rage, really. It's just like... I don't know. I feel like... I feel like it's a common courtesy to, like... Just scoot over. You know? And and sometimes people do... I see it... I'm in the left lane. And I see someone coming up on me pretty quick. Guess what I do? I move the crap over because I feel like that's a, a courtesy, you know, like, jeez, man, old lady, yep, old lady, could have called it a million times, okay, anyway, I'm back on track, get my cruise control going again, all right, we're good, um, <laughs> what was I saying? Hope, <laughs> expectations, uh, okay, so here's, here's a good way to think about it. I know, this is a long one today, guys. But I feel like this concept is really, really huge. Um, There's this phrase out there, a very common phrase that I do generally agree with. It's hope for the best, plan for the worst. Right? Not bad. Not a bad thought process overall for um, six figures. Six figures. But I'm just telling you right now um, if, if that's the mentality You're never gonna it's, I would find it very difficult to believe That you would ever actually hit seven figures With that mentality Hope for the best, plan for the worst Okay Where in that saying Where do you put the word expect? What if you said Hope for the best, expect the worst What does that do? Well, first off, then you're going to have that detailed plan B, plan C. You're going to be expecting the worst, which which actually what that does to your brain is your brain is going to find ways to find ways to fail. <laughs> it's like it's like your brain is being used against you, basically. This is where we get into like manifestation, which is a whole bunch of bull crap, but there there's an actual science to what people call manifestation which is essentially your brain will find what it's looking for. So if you're looking for ways to fail, your brain will find those ways to fail and you will manifest failure in your life because you're expecting the worst. Okay? Don't put expect there. It's the worst place to put expect. Now, what if you replace hope with respect? Expect the best. Plan for the worst. Expect the best. Plan for the worst. And again, I would say plan for pivots. Plan for challenges. Okay? But you're expecting the best. You know what that does? Here's what that does. You have an expectation. Let's just say again, $10,000 $10, in your trading account in four months. While you're working on that goal, you will hit challenges. You'll plan for challenges. So when those challenges hit, that doesn't change your expectation, okay? If my closers, they're on sales calls and they have this expectation that this person will become a member, they will become part of the movement soon, on that call or soon. So what they do then is they get on the call, they have a goal, they present the person the information they present to them the choice. The person makes the choice of, yes, I want to be a part of the movement. Great, here's your next steps. Sign these documents. I'll go over them with you right now. There's an NDA, there's stuff like that, blah, blah, blah. I sent it, great. Do you see it in your email? Perfect. Click the sign thing, perfect. You signed all the documents, done. Next step, pay your invoice. I'm gonna send you over the invoice. Oh, oh, well, actually, let me, uh, let me, I just got to move some money around from one account to another or whatever the, the thing is, right? Okay, cool. Perfect. So now the expectation still doesn't change. Now there's just a small pivot. Okay, perfect. How long does that take? Uh, I can have it moved uh, tomorrow, you know, by the, by the end of the day tomorrow. Perfect. I'll make an invoice. It'll be due by the end of the day tomorrow. Sound good? Sounds great. And then you'll have full access to everything and you get started on your trading. Sweet. Okay. That's the expectation, guys. You expect the best. You plan for pivots. (laughs) That's all. That's all. Oh my gosh. If that was your mantra, your saying, ah, nothing will stop you. Now, does that mean everything is going to work out perfectly? Absolutely not. Things will not work out perfectly. It's just a reality. And when that happens, you know what you should do? Five seconds of disappointment, followed by a pivot. New expectation. What you don't want to do, though, is you don't want your expectations to drop. Just because of a rough time. Okay? So, if, if you... Uh, um... I'm trying to think of like how to word this because there is a thing called data, right? And so sometimes expectations, they do need to have a level of realism, but realism is not pessimism. And you have to, there's this line that is so hard to walk is a fine freaking line. See, pessimism is where you say, Hey, you know what? I'm, I'm. Uh, this is the goal, and it's my goal because it's it's a realistic goal based on a, a complete lack of success in the past. I was just talking to Brian. Brian, sorry, man. I don't mean to throw you under the bus, dude. <laughs> it was a it was a really cool moment, actually. Um, him and I were on the phone, and we were talking about the sales and and some goals that we had. And specifically for one, for the first week of January, right? So we're, like, talking about the first week. And he's, like, <laughs> he gave me his number, which was not a good number. And he's, like, if we could just get this. And I was, like, are you kidding me? I'm saying if we could just get this. And it was double his number. <laughs> right I was just throwing out I don't want to tell you guys the numbers but like just throwing out the thing he gave me a number I doubled it and I'm like are you kidding me I want this and he goes oh no I know I mean I want that too it's just I'm trying to be realistic and so this is where you have to put into question what is realistic what is real right so I said okay awesome perfect you want to be realistic Is this, what is this based on? What is this realism based on? What data? And he said, well, based on last month, which was the worst month of the entire year. And I pointed that out. And I said, okay, so based on the worst month of the entire year, you're saying you'd be happy with this low number. And he said, yes. Great. So your expectation has been lowered based on us having, just experiencing December, which was the worst month of the year, right? Like, that's, that's essentially what happened. And so then I was like, okay, what happens, though, if your realistic point of view was based on our best month of 2023? Doesn't that number completely shift? Right? It totally shifts. It shifts in a big way. A big way. So don't let past challenges dictate your new reality. If you want to be a realist, you should be. By the way, realism is amazing. But a realist looks at all the data. The realist doesn't look at the worst data. Looking at the worst data makes you a pessimist. Okay? I'm just telling you this just straight up. Okay? This is... And Brian, by the way, he thanked me. Uh, He totally agreed with me. He thanked me for the little pivot in perspective. And this is what we do as friends and business partners, by the way, guys. Travis and I do it too. Brian and Travis do it. The three of us hold each other accountable and we help each other make sure that we maintain the right kind of of traction that we want in our own business. And We know what each other want. We know our own goals. We know know so much about each other because we're best friends and we have been for a long time. Right? And so it's just, and I, and sometimes Brian shifts my perspective a lot of times, actually. So again, I'm not trying to throw anyone under the bus. We have the best closers and setters ever. I I'm so proud of them. They're amazing. And I have the best business partners in the world and best friends in the world. Um, we couldn't have asked for anyone better, honestly. Um, it's just, these are, these are lessons that I've been learning. And so when you're anyway, expect the best plan for pivots. I think you'll be shocked at how that works. And and your expectations should be real based on the best data. Based on the most optimistic data. Okay? If you really want to be real, average the data out. And pick the average. But going expecting the best is my favorite. The reason that that's my favorite is because you set a bar. September was our best month last year. That's the bar. If we're doing less than that, we're going backwards. That's the new minimum. That's the new norm. Okay, And this is great because when we were running an agency, an ad agency, we had a certain number that was like our our go-to number. When we pivoted to trading, it expanded our perspective significantly. And last year, we kind of had a go-to number that we thought was very big this year we are more than doubling it okay we actually are 150 percent increase on that number by the way and i know we can do it i know it do you know why because i have data that proves that we can do it and i've showed them i've shown the team the data there's absolutely no reason for us not to do said 150 percent increase per month each month okay um that's huge anyway anyway guys holy smokes 45 minute uh podcast today um I feel like there's more to it that I could go into, so I don't know if there there might be a part two, but this is a big one to swallow. I don't know if I communicated it properly, but I'm telling you right now that if if you set a high expectation, screw disappointment, okay? Screw the fear of not actually hitting the high expectation. Screw that. How about this? Hit the high expectation just do it. Give it everything you got to hit that expectation. And if after everything you've done and everything you've got, you feel you've you gave it your all, you still did not hit it, perfect. 5 seconds of disappointment followed by a pivot on what your new expectation is. Not new expectation in terms of a new goal, like you lower your expectation, more like new expectation in terms of what your next action steps are to hit the OG expectation. Okay? That's that's the thought process. This is a very difficult thing for a lot of people to do. It takes practice. Practice it, guys. Practice it with little habits, like going to the gym and stuff like that. And before you know it, your your expectations are going to be raised and are going to continue to raise. And you'll continue to meet the challenges head on. And you'll continue to overcome and uh, and adapt. And it's going to be amazing. So... Guys, appreciate you hanging in there. Thank you for listening. I really do appreciate you guys. I hope my little bits of wisdom that I've been pondering and learning through hard lessons. (laughs) I hope you guys don't have to go through such hard lessons to learn them. And uh, that I can be a little shortcut for you. That's all I want. (laughs) So I hope that that happens. Love you guys. Talk to you later.